0: Nerd alert, nerd alert. It's almost time for season 2 of our nerdiest thing coming in March 2023. We will be reading Jennifer L. Armentrout's From Blood and Ash and as always, we are spoiler friendly. So, get to reading. i'm whitney i'm mindy and i'm deb we're three best friends who love nerdy
1: things well some people think we're nerdy but we think we're pretty awesome this is our nerdiest
0: thing this season we are discussing a court of thorns and roses and all of sarah j mass's books we are spoiler friendly so listen at your own risk Hello fellow nerds and welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today we are talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses, chapters 33, 34, and 35. And to start us off, we're going to do the Our Nerdiest Recap. Mindy, whose turn is it? It is Whitney's turn. Yay! It's Whitney! Finally! Yeah, it's been a while since it's <laughs> been my turn. Let me get my timer. I think she rigs
2: your will of names every week.
0: <laughs> I put a curse on it to right. not say my name. Say my name, say my name. Okay, here's my 30 second timer. Thank you for doing that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> all of us are just staring at you. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, so Pharaoh tells Alice to take her to Under the Mountain. She's just found out all the truth about the curse and everything. And so Alice is like, you gonna die, but I will take you. So she goes, and she is totally freaked out and thinks that she's going to sneak in and just find Tamlin and leave, which I thought was hilarious. And then the adder gets her, takes her to uh, Amarantha's throne. Amarantha kind of toys with her a little bit, makes a deal with her and says, oh no, and says um, you have to do these three things or solve a riddle. And she says, oh, okay, all right, <laughs> and she says okay i missed a little bit there she
2: didn't ask any questions or anything She was just She's like, like sure <laughs> whatever you want amarantha i've heard you're evil but i trust you that sounds fair right, yeah.
0: <laughs> i know i missed some things <laughs> just but, a few but you know that was kind of the gist <laughs> oh gosh all right well before we get into the more in-depth recap mindy will you do our nerdiest vocabulary Always. So
1: this week, because it is kind of the center of things in these chapters, I wanted to look up and see if there were really anybody who would name their kid Adder. (laughs) 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 Newsflash, there are. Oh, dear God. That name their kid Adder. Um, Because I thought, well, it'd be funny to see if that was there was some sort of meaning or anything by that. So I did find a little bit, um, not, a, not a ton, but a, and it's like less than five people name their kid at her. Like, Thank God. And if you listen to the podcast,
2: if, if you are one of those five to listen to the podcast, just message us and tell us why. We're not making fun of you. We
1: just want just, to know I, why. I was very interested in yeah. that. Yes. But um, it is actually a Christian English boy name that means Venom. Oh, (laughs)
2: which is venom? Do you really want your kid to be named Venom? Right,
1: like I thought that was so weird. Now there was one website called Names Folder that says it means entice, which I don't know is that much better. Yeah, it's still really negative connotation. (laughs) But venom, venom's pretty bad. So I don't, (laughs) you know, I don't know if if you named your kid Adder and knew you were
0: naming them Venom. I'm just, just curious us why I'm super yeah, curious. Just <laughs> send us an email and let us know we can read your story on the podcast <laughs> then it makes sense for this adder yeah. though in the book yeah, yeah that, totally that's like I think
1: I think that was totally appropriate yeah. I did I did look up to see if there was anything on urban dictionary and there was not oh, so cool. um, maybe next week whoever I pick will have some fun you should, oh, you
0: should look up um, if anybody named their kid Amarantha
1: oh remember we know bunch it of people?
2: means bitch yeah
0: it's true <laughs> Remember like when uh breaking dawn came out a bunch of people named their kid Rinesme. Rinesme? i wonder okay. if people named their kid Fera or amarantha <gasps> or something like that.
2: well there didn't you say you have an oh, Israel yeah. at your school or cassian or something
1: no but i my hairstylist her daughter goes to school with a Renesmee. <laughs> oh my god mm. do they call mm. her nessie for short I, I did you name know, my right.
2: baby after the lock-ass
1: monster <laughs> that's like the it's most like Kristen Stewart's in
2: the room right it's like the most over dramatic acting I've I moved the log, This monster <laughs>
0: like all right stop I Cut. wonder how many takes they did of that before they were like that's the one <laughs>
2: that's it right we got it no actually it was more like shit we're out of money and we can't redo that but that was bad
0: oh yeah. they spent all their money on the CGI baby from and, hell.
2: Um, and the talking wolves oh yeah I forgot about with the echo
0: <laughs> I am oh, I I wasn't meant to <laughs> bow to you. I am Jacob Black of Afro Black. Oh my gosh. Welcome we... to our Nerdiest yeah. Things Twilight bonus episode. <laughs> I was just thinking that could be a great bonus episode of us just like making fun of the Twilight.
2: Uh, I do want to say if you listen to How Did This Get Made what got me into that podcast is they do A Breaking Dawn Part 2. It's, it's Paul Shear yeah. and Jason Manzoukas and I'm sorry what is June, her name? June, June Diane Yeah, Ray yeah. yeah. Um, and they talk about they're like this movie is actually pretty good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: yeah, what got I me mean, into their it. Their Twilight episodes and the Fast and Furious episodes with Adam Scott are hilarious. Oh, I bet. I love Adam um, Scott. <laughs> shout out to How Did This Get Made. Um, I didn't really have a ton of thoughts about this section up until she is in front of Amarantha. I didn't remember that she literally, that Feyre thought she was just going to like find Tamlin and like split. I did right. not remember that at all and I was just like, oh honey.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're all scared <laughs> shitless not right. but you know, a human, uh, according to Whitney's very thorough 30 second recap, <laughs> Alice takes her to this shortcut essentially to Under the Mountain which I'd kind of forgotten about and I did ask why lucian tells the adder not to take that way back um i i don't really know what that's all about because that's mentioned here like whenever the adder leaves he's like don't take the shortcut but i don't know why technically because
1: it's the spring Spring courts oh okay okay yeah so property yeah
2: um she talks about how she essentially gets under the mountain through this crack in the wall and how only one person can fit through and she has to suck in her stomach and we know how skinny she is so i'm like well, the Adder probably couldn't have gotten through that crack in the wall, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, Lord knows Lucian or Tamlin wouldn't have been able to. I don't know. They, yeah. they do describe the Adder
1: as skeletal.
2: Yeah, that's but true. That, but he also has leathery wings. So I don't know how he fit yeah, those through he there. Yeah, maybe he couldn't. It's like trying to get Nyx out of the birth control or birth birth control (laughs) canal. Uh, canal, Yeah. With the wings. Mm. Um, One thing I really wanted to talk about today is I really love how Sarah J. Mass describes the adder again to us because we read about it several chapters ago. And at this point for us, it's been like two months on the podcast. (laughs) Um, And then I wanted to talk about how she uses Essentially, the descriptions of how they move um, the adder and Amarantha, instead of saying like Amarantha has red hair, she has a gold crown, Mm -hmm. she has a ring with an eye in it, because... um, One of mine and Whitney's nerdiest things this week is we met Scarlett St. Clair Clair last week and I was thinking, man, I want to write a book. And then I was like, I would be like, Amarantha had red hair. She wore a crown. It was really pretty. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So the um, cave was dark. The cave was dark. There was a crack. (laughs) Pharaoh was skinny. So she fit through it. (laughs) That should be our new, like just bad writing breakdown (laughs) of each chapter. I wanted to read the descriptions of the Adder and Amarantha because I just think it's really beautifully written. So when we get into chapter 34 after the Adder has wrapped his skeletal long bony fingers around her arm which again is a good use of description she talks about what he looks like again so the adder loomed above me a demon of malice its leathery wings wrestled occasionally and then she said it tugged me onward with its slithering gait its clawed feet making leisurely scratches on the cave floor and so i love How she all she did to bring us back into that moment was have them walk through the cave, but I think she does such an amazing job of explaining what this looks like without actually telling us what he looks like. I just think that's really really cool. And so let me go to where she does it with Amarantha too. Okay, so this is actually on the next really quick.
1: I want to point out because this is something that I noted after. she describes the editor. I think, I don't know if it's right there or not, but she says that it was like alarmingly similar to what she'd painted it. Yes. I, I know. Isn't that, that weird? It's yeah. So Creepy and eerie. I just loved that, that little touch of,
0: intrigue I I wrote down like so she thought it was weird too because we talked about that right like why is she painting the the outer and amarantha so accurately and I just thought it was funny that Sarah J Mass was like yes that is weird
2: that is what (laughs) it looks like um okay so for amarantha it says um and I love this she says so lovely, she wasn't as devastatingly beautiful as I had imagined, which very much to me is Sick like... Sick
0: burn. Right,
2: yeah. <laughs> so she's like, um, she's pretty, but not that pretty. Like, she's all right, I guess. Slightly
0: uglier than I expected. <laughs> right, right.
2: So she talks
0: about how
2: her red gold hair was neatly braided and woven through her golden crown, the deep color enticing her snow white skin, which in turn set off her ruby lips. But while her ebony eyes shone, there was something that sucked at her beauty. Some kind of permanent sneer to her features that made her allure seem contrived and cold. To paint her would have driven me to madness. And then we're reminded, the highest commander of the King of Highburn, she'd slaughtered human army centuries ago had murdered her slaves rather than free them and she would captured all of prithian in a matter of days so i just think it's very interesting how in two paragraphs sarah j mass has brought us back to two terrifying creatures so the adder she's completely described over again without you even really realizing she's doing it and then she does the same thing with amarantha and i think that's why i love these books i could actually visualize where I was without going too deep into like, well then the stone was cold. And like, you know, sometimes when you're reading fantasy books, I'm like, okay, I get it. And she does it in a very succinct way that I
0: think is difficult to do. Oh yeah. She's very good at show, don't tell with words. Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. And um I like that she uses action to as a describing mechanism instead of really an adverb or an adjective.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, we like you. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I did want to point out just a couple of things about Nesta. Um, I... I thought it was really telling and important that Feyre tells Alice, you know, if you can get to my house, my sister Nesta will take care of you. Um, Do I, know if I she ever did. Too. I don't think she did? I don't think she did. She um, did because she's back in Spring Court in uh, the beginning of Book Three, right? When Feyre goes yeah. back to the Spring Court, Alice is there. Um, But just the fact that she trusts that Nesta will take this person, this Faye in, and she trusts that she'll take care of them and do the right thing. I thought that was really big. I I did too. Yeah. Um, Especially because when she was actually back with her family, we talked about you know, Ray made such a big deal about how she was so proud to be Elaine's sister, but she doesn't tell Alice to go to Elaine, right? She right. tells her to go to Nesta, which I just thought was really
2: well. What telling. the fuck is Elaine gonna do? She well, like, right. Would you like a flower? Well, <laughs> and right. what did she say about the
0: earthworms? We we just <laughs> talked about this. Well, I, I hear the earthworms <laughs> dig, digging <laughs> through the dirt. Like,
2: <laughs> so yeah, like <laughs> Elaine is talk about action-oriented words. Elaine is not a person of action. <laughs> no, she's really not.
0: Um, and that moment that you those two moments really with Amaran and the Adder that you were just describing, they reminded me a lot of the scene in um, A Court of Silver Flames when Nesta faces the Kelpie in that uh, bog, the bog bog of Orid or whatever, and it talks... Not a bogey.
2: Yeah. (laughs) A bog.
0: The B-O-G bog. She... Is so afraid at that moment reminded me a lot. This adder and the amarantha, the descriptions of how scared Favour was, it reminded me of that same moment with Nesta. There's a lot of parallels be. there for sure. Yeah. And I, I, don't know if it's just because I'm obsessed with Nesta. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with her? Because she's amazing. Have
2: Have we seen any of our favorite artists draw the adder? We see a, the surreal a lot. I'm I don't think sure I've ever, seen, ever the seen the adder.
0: Yeah, I'll have to see if I can find some art of the adder. I don't think I've ever seen anybody draw theater. No. Um the the only other thing that this section with the, just the cave and the her trying to find her way through these winding hallways and um, hearing voices and hearing people and seeing like it looks like a dead end but it's just a start, sharp curve that reminded me a lot of some of the scenes in the different throne of glass books where they're like in the sewers so and under the castle. I actually have a parallel with that too
2: because in Throne of Glass um, I don't I can't remember which book it is but whenever Selena finally makes it down to where one of the word keys are and it's underground right mm-hmm. it's under the castle maybe under the I clock think, tower I think so it's yeah, been a while since I read those that-
1: secret passage right. from her room and it goes down it's, it's yes. like right. under the castle so, yeah. that in, leads to the sewers
2: i'm fairly certain that in that scene it talks about how there are carved depictions of Faye in motion on the columns and then we're also reading about that here how the columns holding up under the mountain are it says Faye in different environments and in action so i'm like i'm like is that the same space yeah, that we're looking I at here interesting
1: I, you know and i it's funny that you made that connection because I didn't make a connection, but I d- did stand out to me that she mm-hmm. specifically mentioned the and columns with the out. drawings.
2: Right. That's and because I'm a procrastinator, I didn't have time to go to my book and see if, it, if it was yeah. kind of the same wording. But I'll look into that a little bit.
0: Well, and we know, too, from A Court of Silver Flames that the prison, which is also under a mountain, a different mm-hmm. mountain, has some like hidden passageways and um corridors or whatever that they didn't really know were there that nesta finds right um and it made me wonder about the mountain that the illyrians was it Ram- ramiel um the mountain that they do the blood ride on mm-hmm. um and i think it's eris when eris and nesta and cassian are talking one of those meetings he says like it makes you wonder what's under that mountain but the illyrian brutes are like too dumb to look for it or something like that. And I was like, what is under that mountain? Because yeah. I bet it's something similar.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking
2: of Eris, we do meet him for the first time <laughs> oh, in these chapters. Know. Yeah. And gosh, we have talked about this before. There's something with Eris that's going to be big because his oh, yeah. character yeah. Is, is talked about a lot in these books. Too but much to not be important. my gosh, you hate him from oh, the yeah. first from the sentence. Yeah, he right. Sucks. Right. And I she does again such a good job of describing like how he sneers and how like it's obvious everyone's kind of afraid of him and how mm-hmm. he tells Amarantha he'll do whatever he wants, and you'll be the first to know. Right, never... you would
0: be the I'm first like, to know. And okay, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I really liked how Pharaoh was like, you know, the other siblings like looked to him and were very obviously afraid of him, and he's yeah. the one that's definitely in charge. And yeah. and then you know we find out so much more about him later in Court of Silver Flames that it, I totally agree with you. There's something. There's something big. Right. <laughs> this is going to sound inappropriate. And it's not yeah, there's it's something not big about Eris.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope we find out. Yeah,
0: I Maybe we will. I don't know. Um, so then the adder brings. I almost said Nesta. Theatre brings Farah to we get it. You love I her. know, I do love her too, Amarantha. And Tamlin is sitting beside Amarantha, like in a place of honor, basically, right? Um, and I had two questions about Tamlin in this moment. One question is not really that important, which is why do they all still have their masks on? Because I thought that Alice told Farah that the whole point of the mask was like Amarantha. Partially trying to make up for scarring Lucian so badly, but also like it would make it harder for a human to fall in love with him if she if they couldn't see his face. And I I'm see it like, as a
2: torture device. Still, yeah, like maybe. hey, I know you came down here and it's been fifty years, but you don't get to take that off.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I guess that's true. Because I was just like, what's the She's point? She's just being a that? bitch. She she is. A I mean, bitch. that is yeah. what her name. That I mean, is yes. her name. Yeah. <laughs> um, my other more important question, which is probably the same thing that you guys thought while you were reading it too, is why. All of a sudden is Tamlin able to control his his emotions his emotions and his <laughs> I wrote anger. like at the no, bottom
2: of my book my page what the fuck where he's, he's sitting there unimpressed no he doesn't at look all. at her he's not lashed out at all he's so nothing he's so solemn that
1: Feyre thinks he's clamored yes
2: no, and I wonder he's maybe just a he piece is. of shit he might
1: he, there but, might be some magic but Amarantha even mentions like I think when she's talking about when she's torturing Claire, like I I couldn't even draw your claws out for that or whatever. Oh yeah, that's true. I don't know. But I, what I wrote down is I kind of wish I knew what his inner monologue was. Like, was he going, what the fuck Vera? Why are you, was he like Alice, like you fucking idiot. Or was he like, Oh shit, but oh this shit! This comes oh shit. from the guy like, that's so emotional
2: that he stabbed himself. Right. At See, one that's point what I'm
0: saying I wonder if there's some kind of magic. I would honestly believe it if if Sarah J. Mass was like actually resand was like controlling him yeah. through his like mind power. I would believe that. Maybe more just, than he's just able to do maybe it. Maybe he know? J- had just given up. Like maybe he
1: just was like there's no point in Maybe he would have broken at that point. I mean that's too. what I'm wondering. Like maybe he's just he's like guess.
2: he's emotional enough to pin Feyre up against the wall in a couple of chapters though and try to fuck her instead of getting around in in
0: this section all we get from Tamlin is a almost imperceptible widening of his eyes and I'm like what What?"
2: a gold (laughs) a golden glint right like what are you
0: talking about right it's it's just it is insane to me to think like okay I have fallen in love with this human girl who is the key to breaking this curse, to saving me and everybody that I care about, and also people that I don't care about in this entire land. I made the choice. To sacrifice myself and my entire like g- race of people to keep her safe. She suddenly shows back up and I'm just gonna sit there. So let me ask you this because
2: um in the next chapter is where Amarantha tries to figure out what Feyre's real name is, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. it kind of is a, a form of um what's the word, manipulation and almost torture to Pharaoh. She brings Lucian forward to have Resand go into his mind, right, and claw at his mind. And there is a point where Lucian, when she says what is her name, looks to Tamlin for guidance. And we know that Tamlin is not in Amaranthas' bed every night because Sand is. So... Why couldn't Tamlin come to Farrah's cell and help her? Why couldn't he send messages through Lucian? They're obviously talking. Lucian is still seeing him as his leader. So during all of this downtime when Amarantha is not with Tamlin, like what is he doing?
0: That's what I am really curious about that. What is Tamlin doing? But also what is Lucian doing? Because later, you know, he comes to Farrah Which, it made me laugh because he was like, what the fuck, Feyre? And I'm like, you are literally never (laughs) happy. Like, no matter what she she does, does, you are mad at her and are, like, fussing at her. (laughs) That just upset me. But he's like, oh, I gotta go. And I'm like, go where? To do what? Like, what are you all doing that you can't... But see, that's the thing. I'm going to go back to we're getting... All of this
1: from Pharaoh's point of view. Yeah, that's true. So we don't know what that we don't know that Tam, Tamlin's not being guarded 24 Maybe seven. Maybe he was in a cell too. He might been. Yeah. We don't know he what been. he's going through. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up about this, like put yourself and again, I'm not. Not a Tamlin apologist, but I am going to (laughs) play a little bit of a a liar. Only for the next couple of minutes. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Put yourself in that position. He had no idea, like never expected her to show up. And we know that Amarantha is a manipulator. And she will take anything, any small morsel that you give her, to turn stuff on to turn anything around on you and he's probably trying so hard not to give her anything because if he truly I mean and we know that like he like we've talked about how he probably doesn't really know how to love but in his mind right now he really loves Feyre and he's and he did do this to save her yes and obviously that's like that one track thing you know put yourself in that position wouldn't you not want to give up that and because he even try he even tries to be like, I don't know who she is, like or whatever. Like he's trying really hard to like not have Amarantha see that there's anything. And then Pharaoh of course is like, but I love him. And so like Daddy, I love him. <laughs> So I don't know I think I think in this moment I understand it's the later times where he still doesn't do anything here here is a
2: little bit why I disagree with that yes Tamlin sent her away and he went under the mountain but I feel like based off kind of the just what Amarantha gives us in these conversations that Tamlin's been uh, uh, like just a fly on the wall the whole time and has been like this, like Debbie Downer since he got under the mountain, right? Well, everyone else is partying all the time and everything. Right. And so he is unwilling to do anything anyway, even before favor got there, he wasn't doing anything. I feel like everything that he does by the time he gets under the mountain is is because he didn't want to rise up he doesn't want to try harder he's already given up thinking like nothing's he's gonna happen anyway yeah. and so like sure he could say he did those things out of love but i feel like honestly it was more kind of out of laziness like he just doesn't want to do anything about it. Oh, and anything. i would
1: say even self-preservation right yeah so but like could he, he with could've... the with the you know in his mind he's doing it for pharaoh that's what i'm saying like i'm not like 100 like- percent. that if he could get pharaoh
2: to tell her he loved him the curse would break but then for me i'm i'm reading it and i'm like well was that just too fucking hard to keep her around for a couple more days and then send yeah, her that, that i don't get why why i don't feel like he loves her enough to put her above all of the other fae but he did but he didn't he didn't <laughs> <Sort> do anything <laughs> yeah. yeah he didn't do of.
0: anything in either way like he just was just like eh, it'll work out well and the only reason that he did send her away ultimately is because Resand was pulling the strings right? right like he manipulated the whole situation but if he situation.
2: wanted pharah to tell her or tell him he she loved him why didn't he say it louder When they went to bed.
1: Hey, I love you. (laughs) Hey,
2: Feyre, I'm falling in love with you. And then she would have been like, oh, my God, I love you. Curse broken. Again, not great writing. (laughs) But, like, he doesn't really try on either side of anything. And I think that's what bothers me about it. Like, his nonchalance here, yes, he is protecting her. But he wasn't doing anything anyway. He's down there with all these fey. He's not with her all the time.
1: But what's he supposed to do?
0: That's one of the things that I wrote down, right? Like, I feel like
1: nobody else is doing anything except for, like, pandering to her. But
0: he has Lucian behind
2: him trying to ignite this fire of, like, rise up. And he does have enough power under there to tell people. And he does at the end.
0: Well, in his defense, two things in Tamlin's defense. No, I'm I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. Two things is, number one, Amarantha knows Tamlin through his father, who has the... um, very set ideas of like humans are beneath us right and so i feel like part of tamlin i feel like perhaps part of tamlin's acting like he doesn't care at all about this human girl that just showed up is playing into that persona that amarantha would expect him to have right like just being the son of who his dad was so that's one thing maybe That's probably too generous, but there we go. The other thing is that, don't forget that Amarantha just went into Winter Court and killed all these little kids. Right? That's right. And so everybody is... Walking on eggshells. Yes. Like, terrified. Not... I I bet that... But didn't
2: she make everyone think Ann did it?
0: Well, yeah, but they would assume that he was doing it on her orders. Sure. Because he's her whore, right? So, like, he's not going to do anything unless she tells him to. And so I... I kind of understand why in this moment nobody would want to piss yes. her What about the
2: 50 years before uh, that? No, over? that's that is a long that's time true. to not
0: do anything. I agree with that. I 100%. agree 100%. i am just thinking in this particular moment when Pharaoh shows up, like there's, there's a few more things at play in that particular moment than necessarily like the rest of and the show. And that's story. what I was you saying. saying? I I mean, agree.
1: this moment I, I can cut, I can cut Tamlin a little bit slack, but the fact that he doesn't, after she gets there, doesn't right. do anything—that's what pisses this me off. This moment doesn't make me yeah, mad. This, it's,
0: the, its the culmination of all exactly, the other moments right. too. It's yeah. the next yeah, three that. months that it, he continues
2: right. to just sit on the throne and stare off into space. Yeah. yeah.
0: One thing that I had totally forgotten is that Tamlin was there already when Claire Better got yeah, brought like in. He like, watched. Like, all yeah, that I don't know why. In my head, that had already happened by the time that he showed up under the mountain. Um, I I just didn't remember that. And I definitely did not remember that Amarantha tried to use that as a manipulation with Feyre of like, do you really want a guy that's going to let that happen to somebody that he knew was innocent? She's not wrong. Right? I was like, (laughs) ooh, that's rough. But Feyre and Resand and Tamlin all, I I feel, share kind of like equal responsibility with that. Um, However... Tamlin is the only one that has kind of like informed guilt in that situation because Feyre did not have any concept that telling the name Claire better to resand would lead to right Claire better's death, right? Like she didn't know that that was even a possibility. Resand didn't know that Claire better was an actual person. He thought it was just a name. It wasn't Feyre. He knew that that was not her actual name, but he did not know it was an actual person. But Tamlin, I mean, saw this human girl brought in and knew that it wasn't Feyre. Like, he's the only one that actually had a full understanding of the situation. Okay, you know, devil's
1: had to get in. What the hell was he supposed to do? I wrote like, that he down, just, too. He just finished, like... Screwing over his entire court oh, yeah. for Feyre, is he supposed to be like, oh no, that's not that's her. That's not her. Go yeah. get her.
0: No, like, I wrote that down too as like I, I felt like that was probably very similar to what we talked about at the very beginning of the book when he shows it's definitely up. Morally gray. Yeah. When, well, when he <laughs> shows sure. up at the very beginning and takes Feyre, and we talked about you know like nobody stood up for her, and I was like, well, what were they supposed to do? Right. Yeah, right. I, I feel like that yeah. was a very. similar We've also situation. said a million
2: times though that if I was Claire from Outlander and went back in time, I would be burned as a. Witch on the very first <laughs> day because I would be the one that like got like a little piece of wood and tried to hit Tamlin's beast form I was like get off her. Right, like right. I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, if I'm ever in one of these situations, I'm going to be mauled to death. I'm like the, uh, the I would too I'm <laughs> the girl that gets killed in the first 5 minutes of the scary movie. Not because I ran up the stairs when I should have ran out the door, but because I don't know when to shut up. <laughs> you know, but no, like that's funny. you know, in this I I want to with Claire better I think it's so impactful. Her name is in these books, what, three times maybe her culmination of her story is maybe two full paragraphs of like what happens to her. And this part of the book is what hooked me into this series because before it was like, okay, we've got a beauty and the beast retelling and it's kind of cute. And he like, it's fine. Right. It's fine. It's fun. I'm going to keep reading. I'm interested in what happens next. And it's this scene that makes me not let my daughter read these. We're like, yet. that right. It was right. It yeah. was right. the first
1: thing where I was like, oh, this well, just got really interesting. And what's cool, and again, because Sarah J. Mass is a brilliant writer, is that yes, Claire's only in there mentioned a few times, and it's this one little part, but it permeates so much of the story. It with, creates with a all those characters, yes. you know. I mean, it 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 affects so much of that and by the way i want to point out in case you didn't already think amarantha was a psycho bitch How about, we did i kind of like her <laughs> how about when she said that claire's screaming was delightful and music to her ears i like, know that was fuck? that is so sick
0: like, well and really then, sick. um i don't think they actually say her name but i i'm almost positive that in book three when the high Lords have their big meeting and resand and Phararah are like hey we're actually not horrible people um somebody brings up like well you gave her that name you gave amarantha that name of that poor girl and like what was that about and I I remember that because I remember Phararah seeing like resand react to mm-hmm. having just having that mentioned at yeah. all right and yeah that's totally true like it it informs these characters throughout the whole rest of the series, even though, yeah, yeah, even though that she's not specifically mentioned, right? We don't
2: even really know what she looks like. We don't know how old she is. Like we know nothing about this person that magnifies the terror of who Amarantha really is right and I I think it's just brilliant storytelling because again if I tried to write a book I would be like and then her long blonde hair I would like (laughs) overdo it because I would want people to be able to visualize this but I think it's important to note that we don't actually have to visualize anything to be scared in yep. this moment right. yep. I think it's brilliant it's like horror movies where I don't want to see the monster in horror movies right like it's my imagination is don't. always yeah. worse right yeah. did you ever see signs uh-huh. we like, talked you, about this yeah, with the, we, yeah, where, yeah and you're like <laughs> the oh, big walk behind you're like, oh
0: no that's what my husband it? looks like when he gets vertigo he's supposed to walk like that and like uh swish his head side to side really fast and it always makes me think of the alien walking from behind the trees <laughs> He has to do this like crazy walk and like swish his head really can fast. Can you get it video of that so we can post it? No, what's really fun is when he just randomly sits up in bed and he's supposed to throw himself back. For, like, on Is one that side. what helps vertigo? It helps him sometimes. Yeah. He'll, he'll literally just sit up and then like the whole bed shakes like it's a waterbed or something. I'm like, what well, in the world? He's like, I'm for, busy.
2: For people like, that don't know crazy. Robbie, he weighs like eight pounds. I know. And so like throwing himself on the bed sounds hilarious to me. <laughs> Like he's so light, he probably throws himself back and then bounces almost all the way up to the ceiling and comes right back down. For the record, my husband has the same body type, so I'm not I'm not, you know, nagging on your husband or anything. He's lovely. He is
0: lovely. I he's love just, Robbie. He's a little jack sprat. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Um I do want to talk about re just a little bit, um, especially since we're talking about Claire, because I looked up, of course, in book two, Court of Mist and Fury, in chapter fifty-four, when he tells his whole life story basically to favor and explains like all these different situations he talks about these different moments that we read today for today about under the mountain um and he talked about you know i i didn't know that claire was a real person right we talked about that mm-hmm. last time i didn't know that this was a real name i didn't know this was a real person and when she came in um he did his i don't know how to say it still Demati. Mati it's a demati, right? right? De De yeah. Okay. He used his demati power and, um, made it so that she did not feel anything, but he made her scream and like cry when it would have I been expected. I not remember that. Thank you for uh, telling cry. me that I'm yeah. feeling better about he, my life um, right now. Like yeah. he tried to make it right, but it was obviously like too late. Right. right. And right. he said, I couldn't take it anymore after a week. And so I went in and like, he, he like killed her through his mind power, which I'm not hundred percent clear yeah. about, but he killed her to me like
1: made her brain right to me it makes it's
0: almost
2: like he melts their mind yeah like gets them so beyond like insane that they die. Which we're
0: going to see him do again, um, maybe in the next section, but definitely under the mountain, we're going to see him do that again. And he says, when Feyre first shows up under the mountain, he tells her, I was standing at the back of the throne room and I saw the Adder bring you in. And he says, I have never known such horror as I did when I watched you make that bargain. Irrational, stupid terror. Like he was calling it irrational because he was saying like, I didn't actually know you right but I was pretty sure that you were my you were my mate I still didn't even know your name and it was like the most horrifying thing that I've ever gone through is to watch the adder bring you you know bring you in and then beat you and then, you know, just everything that happened later. Right. Um, I had to stand and watch as the adder and its cronies beat you. I had to watch the disgust and the hatred on your face as you looked at me and watched me threaten to shatter Lucian's mind, which you referenced a couple minutes ago, Deb. about right. You know, Amaranth is trying to manipulate her into telling her name, which works because she absolutely does. And he had
1: to be like. All those humans look alike, like he had to like yeah, be like play like the
0: kinda, part he had to talk down to her, which the last time he saw her, he called her mortal trap, yeah right, so right. he's like still playing that part, um and so when amarantha uses Lucian and threatens Lucian um You know, basically like Reese is going to break his mind if you don't tell me your name, right? Feyre does tell her name, Feyre, not her last name though. And he says, then I learned your name. Hearing you say it, it was like an answer to a question I'd been asking for 500 years. I decided then and there that I was going to fight and I would fight dirty and kill and torture and manipulate, but I was going to fight. If there was a shot of freeing us from Amarantha, you were it. I thought the cauldron had been sending me these dreams to tell me that you would be the one to save us, to save my people. So this moment of him being used by Amarantha and him playing this part of this horrible, evil high lord and seeing seeing Feyre there is what spurs him into action, right? Yeah. And so the whole rest of the um, Under the Mountain, everything that Resand is doing is not really to protect Feyre so much as it is to help her defeat Amarantha, yeah. right? He's trying to protect right. her also, yeah. but his ultimate goal is let's help her be successful. So that everyone is, can be freed. Yes, because yeah. mm-hmm. this is our only chance. Um, and I just, I wrote down a couple of notes about, that first conversation when she fir- when favorite first shows up and Amarantha's like um hello like what's going on? I wondered what it would have been like for Rysand to be standing in the back of the throne room and watch this girl that he knows that he's had all these dreams about for the past several years that he's pretty sure is probably his mate stand in front of the most horrible person he's ever known in his life and say I love Tamlin I'm oh, here yeah. for somebody else you know right like,
2: right. Uh. and she says it over and over again like
0: I'm Multiple here for the high
1: times. And I'm the gonna, one I love I'm going right? to dog on Tamlin now oh yay <laughs> so noise <here, laughs> hearing you say that and here you know again we're talking about different people but in different ways they react so you know Tamlin instead of thinking of the greater good he goes immediately to saving Feyre mm-hmm. Reese on the other hand Sees that and makes the more, much more difficult choice that he knows that he's going to have to put her through this. Mm-hmm. But I he, mean, he's going to do everything to help her, but he's not going to, she, uh, you know, shelter her from it, right. which is essentially in the long run, what Tamlin does over and over and over again, yep. trying to shelter her from and stuff. It doesn't work and he exactly. never learns. Exactly. Right.
0: Tamlin is always about Protecting Feyre and Resand is always about empowering yes. Feyre, right? right? Like help. Let me help you realize your full potential.
1: No matter how much it crushes him, right? Or yeah. her. Or her.
2: honestly, yeah. can we talk a little bit about the bargain because? Oh, yeah. So I want I want to go back to the very beginning of chapter thirty three where she is still talking to Alice and Alice literally gives her three rules. <laughs> I wrote and this Feyre down too. Pharaoh breaks <laughs> two of three of them in the next five pages. Right. right. So rule number one is don't drink the wine. Mm-hmm. And if you're reading along with us um, in the next couple chapters, there is this fairy wine that Pharaoh drinks. It, it's kind of forced on her, yeah, but so also she, she uses it to
1: blackout, yeah.
2: essentially, right? So don't drink the fairy wine. Then don't make deals with anyone unless your life depends on it. She's already made a deal. Now
1: her life does depend on it. Right. She knows but Alice, she's just going to die. Yeah. But Alice also says after that, And even then, consider if it's worth it. Yeah. Right. So, like, she's even saying, even if your life depends on it, maybe don't do it. Death might be better. Yeah. Yeah. And then number three is don't
2: trust a soul in there, not even your Tamlin. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing she does. She assumes he's being nonchalant to protect her. And you know what? Fine. Maybe he is. is, But he's
1: being nonchalant
2: because he doesn't know what to do. He's almost, like, crippled by terror right
1: Uh, but you know what's interesting too like I thought about you know she tells her not to trust anybody even Tamlin but she she falls right into trusting Lucian she She does she trusts Tamlin and Lucian immediately yeah Yeah. so like she totally doesn't follow that one at all as we
2: go into her making the bargain with Amarantha Amarantha says something that I am really confused about that I wanted to ask you all about she says um so She says, I'll make a bargain with you, human. You complete all three tasks of my choosing, three tasks to prove how deep that human sense of loyalty and love runs, and Tamlin is yours. Just three little challenges to prove your dedication, to prove to me, to darling Jurian, that your kind can indeed... Love true, and you can have your high lord. And so then she turns to Tamlin, and she says, "Consider it a favor, high lord. These human dogs can make our kind so lust blind that we lose all common sense. Mm-hmm. Since when is that a thing?
0: That's about her sister. That's about yeah.
1: Oh, okay, that's why right, right. In,
2: because Jurian
0: in there. As yeah, Jurian well. had Miriam on the side, right? Like right. the whole thing with. Amarantha's sister, Clithia, was not real for Jurian, right? So right. that's what, and we've
2: talked about that in previous episodes. Yeah. For those of you that maybe haven't listened to those, um, Jurian was a human that betrayed yeah. Amarantha's sister, who well, was Bay.
0: Amarantha says something about like the human on the side, and that's yeah. Miriam. Okay, because okay. Because then that's later in like book three, a little bit in book two, but mostly in book three. There's it's explained like Jurian is going to have beef with Miriam, right? Because she left him for somebody else. Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. Um, I didn't really think about it until just now, like how complicated that whole
1: soap opera. The
2: jury really, is really,
0: like really a, confuses me. He's like a telenovela. Like his, <laughs> his love life, goodness. Um, yeah and I uh, made a note for myself like go back to Psyche and Cupid because in the very first episode of this season we talked about um, how Beauty and the Beast g- generally is based off of the Cupid and Psyche myth and part of that story is that Psyche has to complete these impossible tasks that Venus gives her oh, in order because you know she's she's married this person that she's not allowed to see. They, her husband only visits her like in the dark of night or whatever. And Venus says basically like, you'll be able to unmask him if you complete all these tasks. And it's like these crazy things that Pharaoh is going to, you know, similar experience, going to have a similar experience. Um, So that's really what these tasks are about, right? Like it's the psyche and Cupid myth. And Amarantha is the Venus character who is jealous basically of this human psyche that she feels like is taking all the attention away from her. And so in A Court of Thorns and Roses, Amarantha really wants to be with Tamlin or at least wants Tamlin to want to be with her yeah right and Feyre is messing that up and is taking the attention away from her so she's she basically says to Feyre like you're gonna have to do these tasks and I'm not gonna tell you anything about them but they're probably going to kill you (laughs)
1: like it's basically what she says well I love how she's like uh, there's not going to be anything left of you. Yeah. To yeah.
0: I hope that there's something left for me to torture, right. but there probably won't be not, yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, that mm. sounds great. <laughs> Appetizing. One thing that I wrote down about Jurian is that Clithia, and I think Lucian tells favor, this Clithia promised Jurian that he would never die. And I wrote down, is that still a valid promise? Like I, that was, I did not remember that that was, that was ever said. said. Can you
2: explain to me when he goes, when you say he's going to have a beef with Miriam, right? Yes. So Miriam was a fay that left
0: him. Miriam was a human. So Miriam is friends with Resand and Resand's inner circle. And Miriam was a human, a human uh, servant to like a queen or some like nobility. And Jurian was engaged to whoever Miriam worked for and Jurian fell in love. Yeah. Jurian fell in love with Miriam and broke off his engagement to whoever that was and started being with Miriam in the course of the war about humans, whether they should be slaves or free or whatever. Jurian started an affair essentially with Clithia, who is Amarantha's sister but it was always like a spy job a yes thing. to to just get information from clithia but Clithia fell like head over heels for Jurian, who always had his actual lover, Miriam. This
1: is so Shakespearean. It really is,
0: like on the side, right? And Miriam's human. Miriam is a human. Okay. So at that point, Miriam is a human. So what ended up happening is that Jurian killed Clithia, and Amarantha got super pissed because she had always been mad the entire time that her sister was with a human. And when Jurian killed Clithia, Amarantha was like see I was right sorry I'm hitting the table you
2: are I can hear (laughs) it on the mic (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) Whitney's getting so excited about this it's It's like
0: boom 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 so much drama (laughs) Amarantha was basically like see this proves my point about humans this whole time and she captured Jurian and tortured him and basically killed him by entombing him in her ring right and that and, is that finger bone his yes, yes. okay i couldn't remember that the finger bone is the only reason that hibern is able to basically resurrect or reanimate jurian using the cauldron and why couldn't he use too. his eye why does it have to be a bone I don't know, but that's the bone carver said. If you have a bone, even just a finger bone, then right? That's I guess enough. because Sarah J. I Mass know. said so. Like, I guess. <laughs> maybe the eye got destroyed, but the finger bone didn't. But I so, don't know.
2: is Miriam still alive?
0: Yes, Miriam is married to uh, Dracon, or I don't know how to say his yeah. name. How it's- is she I- alive if she's human? She was made. Okay. Kind like, of some Like Pharaoh like, was? Yes. So when Pharaoh goes to the night court at the beginning of Mist and Fury and she meets the inner circle for the first time, Amron says to her, like, there hasn't been somebody made like you for 500 years since Miriam. And so I don't remember all the specifics, exactly what happened. Miriam got um, stabbed or something and was like bleeding out. And this comes in, this story comes in in book three where like Miriam got stabbed and was bleeding to death. And then one of the, um, warriors in her, and Dracon, Dra Dracon's group of people that, W- wasn't strong enough to be with the Flying Legions or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what her name was though. But Azriel is telling Feyre this story, like she saved Miriam and she carried her like through the sea, and the um, dracon was able to save her because this woman picked her up and like flew her through. And he basically was like, you know, this story of this kind of like Cinderella story underdog like shouldn't have been successful, but was, and Miriam's alive because of her. This is why I'm teaching you how to fly because you never know, like. You never know when this is, you know, what so every second the, counts kind that, yeah. of thing.
2: At the end of A Court of Silver Flames, so the the last current book, is Jurian still alive?
0: Yes. Jurian, yes. at the end of, in Silver Flames, Jurian is living in the human lands on, I think, Lord Grayson's property with Vasa, the sixth queen that had been turned into a firebird right. by day. Right? Yeah. Um human by like, night like how badass is that and, by the way and lucian is like living with them and are vasa and jurian lovers it i kind of get the feeling that there's something going on there but we are it's, not ever not told sure, anything yeah. explicitly right but it kind of feels like there's something going on between. The i'm two
2: surprised though that jurian's allowed to live after everything that he's done like why is he
0: how come no one's wiped him out because he's a good guy yeah, he he's actually a good
1: He's going to help them.
0: He was but- fighting against Hibern, right? And so he... Amarantha has him. Sorry, I'm hitting the table again. (laughs) Amarantha has him because he was fighting against Highburn. So when Amarantha gets defeated, Jurian, first of all, Jurian disappears, his eye and his finger bone disappears, but then Highburn reanimates him with the understanding that, well, he's obsessed with Miriam and he's going to want to find her. So I can reanimate him and say, I'll help you find Miriam. If you help me defeat Prithian, but, Jurian doesn't care about that and Hybern doesn't realize it. And so in book three, when Jurian meets that, this is so much information, you guys.
2: <laughs> no, it's great because I, I'm assuming anyone that listens to this podcast because Jurian's story is so spread out. It's yes. very convoluted. It's very hard to keep track. And this is yeah. honestly, after reading all these books, as many times as we all have, the first time I'm understanding, and I'm still gonna forget this by the way, <laughs> but I'll ask again at some
0: point. Um, when Jurian, you know, they all go to Lord Grayson's house in book three because Elaine is like, Let me explain to him what's gonna happen, this war is gonna happen, they can help humans, whatever. And they go to Lord Grayson's house, and Jurian is there, and they're all like, Oh no, he's working with Hibern, and he's like, Hey, you have freaking mind powers. You could literally look in my head and see that I am on your side, and so then resand does, and he's a good guy, and so he's like a triple double agent or whatever
2: see i that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I'm thinking in terms of resand that
0: you could project forward false memories like as part of his power, yeah, but y- like you could or like i like could, if was looking in my mind right, I could you could give project him false forward false memories. Mm. Very easily,
2: because he's going in and looking at what you remember. So if you're. Maybe a fae could, but, but I don't if, know like, if a human could. But if you are really good at locking down your mind, right? And you're right, maybe a fae would have to do it. You could easily, because, you know, at some point, Favorite can keep him out, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a strong enough mind, if you can keep someone out, you can project incorrect things forward. Yeah. I've never thought Jurian's going to be a good guy. I just have a feeling about it.
0: The only. Characters that we see being able to block Resand out are people who are Fae. Because okay. even Nesta, I mean, it's only in Silver Flames that Nesta has a like steel trap mind that he has to go through. And she's already been made by the cauldron at that point. Right. I think it's only Faye that we see able to do that. I think humans like just don't have that capability. Sure. I do. But (laughs) I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) Again, I'd be too busy Uh, being a smart ass and he would just get right in there and see (laughs) (laughs) everything I
0: was up to. When Lucian comes in to talk to her, I wrote down, I swear Lucian is never happy.
1: (laughs) Really quick. Why are you here? Can we talk a little bit about how either badass or stubborn it is of Feyre? Like she's just gone through all this, where she's seen Claire better up on the. It's it's like, you know, all this like horrors and all the stuff that she knows that Amarantha can do. Her bowels go watery. Which what does she do? I shit herself.
0: I wrote you. I love how she was like, I couldn't help it. I
2: know. (laughs) So I'm like, usually when my bowels go watery, I'm like, yep, did that to myself. (laughs)
1: Like, I just don't get that. Like, she shit herself. I don't know. But anyway, so she's obviously <laughs> like. Like you scared. shit
2: yourself? Yes, I would no, have. No, totally. I'd be like, okay, when you beat me in a minute, don't touch
1: the backside. You'll regret it. <laughs> <laughs> but she's just gone through all that. So you know she's horrified. Like, she's terrified of her. Yeah. And then she still goes, okay, but. Here's my part of the bargain. Like, I right. totally is, like, <laughs> negotiating with Amarantha. I thought that was she pretty She even bad talks ass. about I how is yeah. getting
2: bored with it, too. Because yeah. she, she's Amarantha annoyed. wouldn't <laughs> expect her to ask questions. Yeah. And if you notice, as soon as she gets to her cell, she realizes that Amarantha has still tricked her. Yes. Because she has said that all if you figure out the riddle i'll release everyone immediately immediately. but if you do the trials i'll let everyone go she just doesn't Doesn't say say when when. and favor is like oh
0: fuck yeah but (laughs) then it's too late she's already done it right yeah um i did write down um i did not remember or realize that amarantha had given lucian some of his magic back to entice tamlin yeah Cause she's still trying to get Tamlin to be like, yes, I'll be your lover or your concubine or whatever. So are you
2: seeing it? Is it like, Hey, you can trust me here. I'll give your emissaries yes. some power. Okay. Yes. I didn't really quite understand because
0: that. Lucian is able to like basically winnow into a Ferris cell. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I got some of my power back, but Tamlin, you know, still And he lights it up too, like, yes. He has a little flame. Well, he heals her. Yeah. He's got the flame. He's able to winnow. <laughs> um, I, I didn't remember that. And I just thought that that was really interesting. But
2: I do want to point out too, just comparing his power and Rhysand's power. She does mention later, whenever Rhysand goes into Tamlin's mind, that Rhysand must be so powerful that that's like the glimmer of
1: power that yes. he has. that if he Those can are still, the scraps. Yeah.
2: Right. And and we know that it is right. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, Tamlin might be able to winnow and like fix her broken nose, but Rhysand can still like brain melt people. Yeah. Right. He's really kind of terrifying if you think about it. I wrote
0: in my book, I wrote like most powerful high lord with like a little heart.
1: Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) A a, a little heart (laughs) like next to it. Um, I forgot that they beat her up so bad by the way yeah this is weird like these chapters for some reason like a lot of it slipped i kind my- of
0: only remember with the worm and like four, uh, yeah you know what i mean yeah which is the next section i
2: think it's because you're like holy crap what's happening and you start kind of speed reading right i guess that's that true sense.
0: yeah that's probably exactly what i did um i clocked to that lucian tells pharah that with pharah there with her bargain all of the High Lords have been called to yeah, Under the Mountain. I wrote that down too. And I'm like, what was going on before? Because Resand, we know, is there the entire time. And I thought that he was forced to stay there by Amarantha, which could be true. But now I'm wondering if maybe he chose to stay there all the time just to protect Valaris and all of us right I read
1: it that like some of them that were like faithful to her she would let go and do stuff because you know yeah she let Reese I read it more of like she has a tighter leash on him like nobody's leaving now like right it was a favor that they got to kind of be out yeah. every once and in now a while and now it's like nope you all are staying here right that's kind of, that's how i read it which but
2: ultimately is her demise her downfall. because yep. when they're all there they, they can do they that. rise up yeah. and they they're heal imper- Favor. they have yeah. more power right
0: um something else that i'm sorry sarah mm-hmm. <laughs> something else i had absolutely no memory of and was like whoa is that amarantha how was it whoa <laughs> <laughs> Bill and
2: <laughs> <laughs> incredible journey.
0: Whoa. Amarantha says when Feyre says, my name is Feyre. Amarantha says, that's an old name from one of our ancient dialects. I wrote that down too. And I was like, Hmm. Cause spoiler alert for Crescent <laughs> city. When Bryce, you know, shows up and is speaking ancient Faye, that's an ancient dialect. And so right. I'm like, is Feyre a name? An ancient Fay I just right. thought that was I did not remember that. Well, and we talked in the last episode, or maybe it was a couple episodes
2: ago, the foreshadowing of Fayra and Nesta becoming Fay right? And how there's a theory that they are already, already are. Right.
0: Well, I went back again from the very first episode. I talked about the etymology of the Archeron sisters and different names and all that. And Fayra, um, I found means beautiful elf fairy and fair.
2: Well, her name is Faye. Her uh, name is Faye. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Faye.
2: <laughs> I mean, my gosh.
0: Um, and then the next thing I wrote down was in all capital letters and it is, how does she not know the answer to the riddle?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there. I was reading this and I was like what is the answer to the riddle a serpent (laughs) like I I couldn't and I literally went and looked it up and it was like I was like oh it's love that's not (laughs)
0: as fun see yeah okay so I feel like the riddle is super duper cheesy yeah
2: I think it's so I
0: think the answer is so obvious it makes it hard maybe but at least it does for me it really like Talk about that like secondhand embarrassment. I we were talking about earlier. I um before the podcast earlier, I felt like secondhand embarrassment for Farah because it was like, is it a sickness? Mom had typhoid. <laughs> and it <was> just, like, <laughs> no. You are so far off. Like, well, I will say it hurt too my that
2: Feyre even talks about that she she said part of me began to understand why the high lords had fallen under her thrall she is charming yeah. right she and really is, yeah. she is beautiful and and all of these things and so i think without actually glamoring her she kind of w- Pharaoh was awestruck by her and like could yeah. not think straight. Plus she's been beaten. She's exhausted. Right. She's sleeping on a stone floor. Yeah. And I mean, like I was sitting in my cozy little like library earlier and <laughs> yeah. couldn't remember. I was like what in my bed. Was. Yeah. It right. yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
0: was a little more comfortable. Um. Yeah, I did. I hated how, effectively Amarantha was able to play into Feyre's insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. Like this riddle makes her feel stupid, which is what a dictator does. Right. Well, and you know, she feels stupid all the time, right? She always feels like a dumb human and Amarantha plays into that perfectly. And then earlier, Um, she says, I'm going to keep you in your cell, except for when I have you do like different tasks or whatever. Yeah. Like, well, you have to earn your keep. It's like, well, that was a whole thing with Tamlin, right? Like you're not significant enough to earn your keep. And, um, later at least Resand understands that she needs to earn her keep, so to speak, just to have that sense of purpose. But like, this is, I will say though, like
2: Amarantha telling her, well, you're going to have to earn your keep honestly probably gives favor more confidence though, because she doesn't feel like a lowly human that that's can't do anything. I think Amarantha's is, um, unfortunately for her igniting things along the way, accidentally by trying well, to, yes, that's her. very
0: true. Well, and we're going to see in later sections, what some of these tasks are, right? Um, cause she crossed paths with Resand in one of these tasks, which I'm really excited to get. I'm to. cracking up at myself right now
1: because you're talking about how you, you couldn't figure out the riddle right away. I, I'd i be the one, like, can you write that shit down for me? Because I will never remember <laughs> <laughs> so can I, get I wouldn't even in get there.
0: I would, <laughs> I, does anyone have a parchment? I wrote down to Feyre's thought to herself. I had nothing left but that but the shred of fool's hope that I might win. That I might outwit and defeat a fairy queen as ancient as the stone beneath me. And I wrote, yes girl, slay. <laughs> Because it was like that is that is all you have is that hope yeah. right and okay, that's all she ever
1: had though like if you think about it like she, Alice said something to her describing it and she's thinking to herself Ugh. and Alice goes, uh, you're rethinking your hotheadedness now or something <laughs> Then, and so like, even back then, I think Pharaoh thought that she only had a
0: scrap of hope. Yeah. But that's all you need, right?
1: Because she does say to Amarantha, like, well, she's like,
2: you can't wear me down. Cause that's not fair. Which she says, Oh, I won't. I'll give you tasks, but she never tells her you're going to like have a place to sleep and all. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she, you know, uses that, but there's a part after she's made, the deal after the riddle has been told where she it gets to this hopelessness point again because she says essentially lucian does not come back and then she says and i never expected tamlin to come
0: and i'm like how
2: is that not your answer that you are doing this for the wrong reason another
0: red flag right like we've we've been talking this well i know he's
2: not gonna come how is that protecting her yeah like (laughs) lucian
0: could go we're going to have all kinds of opportunities in the coming chapters to be like, Tamlin, you ignorant Fuck slut. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. well, it, it was
1: interesting to me. And it was a very small thing that stood out to me that Lucian also basically said he really wasn't. He was only doing it for Tamlin's sake, I know. which I thought was interesting. Like he was talking about, oh, now who else do I have to? kill even if it's just
0: for tamlin's sake like he wasn't even there for pharaoh yeah he was like i don't want to have to add one more person to yeah. that list i know that and there's one point um i can't remember if it already happened it may have been something that already happened or something that lucian says later but he says to her like you're a better friend to me than i've ever been to you yeah and it's just like yeah exactly <laughs> You're uh, very much so. You're yes. just now coming to that yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. And I do see that there are several parts like you were saying, or maybe Debbie, were saying it about how um, some of this, Situation is giving favorite confidence, but I had forgotten that already at this point before even her first task, she is already like drowning in the guilt of what has happened to Mm -hmm. Claire. Like the, you know, the despair and the depression and the guilt that she feels at the beginning of book two, mist and fury. I had in my head, I was thinking that was only from her final task. Right. And I had completely forgotten that that started immediately. Right. When as she, soon as she came. As soon as she gets there. Yeah. yeah I just, that and made me sad. She
2: gets so helpless that there's a part where she says, because she knows that Amarantha is trying to kill her in oh, these yeah. trials. Yeah. And she says, better to be obliterated than to face Jurian's fate. Yeah, I mean, which is Ooh, true, yeah. right? True. Yeah, you I want to have it. to watch what this woman does to Ugh. people for the next thousand years through a ring. Yeah. Well, my God. and book,
0: book three, you know, when I was talking earlier about jury and like jury and saying, why would you not look into my mind and see what's going on here? because they were all like you know we had no idea that you were working on the good side and he was like i was stuck in her ring for 500 fucking years yeah, duh. right why would i like, not be a good guy right yeah like why would i not want to fight against that and they all had been assuming that it had broken him and made him completely insane and evil and he's like no no the opposite <laughs> yeah. right yeah uh, that would be horrible poor jurian i know poor everybody i will (laughs) say um i did have a little bit more compassion for tamlin reading this just because i had just read um frost and starlight which is the controversial (laughs) novella um i read it the book that i said could be one chapter i know i like it though it was the i read it the week before you either yeah you either love that book or you hate that book i
2: I just like it too much. <laughs> well, they say they say to eat the mic while you're talking into it. You literally <laughs> ate it.
0: Sorry, Um, but there's a part in Frost and Starlight when Rysan goes and talks to Tamlin, and Tamlin is so like I don't even want to say depressed because I feel like that's an understatement. And Tamlin says to Rysan, "Do you think she'll ever forgive me?" No. And I was yeah. just like, Oop. "Oof!" Like it is.
2: <laughs> it is rough. He does yeah. not want her forgiveness though he wants her love. He yeah. would see that yeah. as a stepping stone to getting back in. True. Like I feel like even at the end of, you know, the current book, he feels like he still has a chance.
0: I don't know because so at the in Silver Flames, he is back to being like angry Tamlin, right? Mm-hmm. And in Frost and Starlight, it's like he had this moment before he got angry again where he was just kind of reflecting on the whole situation and that conversation with Rhysand he says you know do you think she'll ever forgive me Rhysand says basically like do you want her to and then Tamlin completely pivots and is like well have you Talking about like his mom oh, and sister, about talking yeah. about his mom and sister and <laughs> Resan. I don't remember if Resan says anything. I don't think he does. And then Tamlin's like, "Well, of course not." And then he like gets well, angry. No, again. Right. no, of but course it was, not. It was just a really interesting moment for me because I feel like Tamlin, he's just so mad all the time, and like here under the mountain, we see him not really being mad. Right? And then this like one moment in Frost and Starlight, we see him not really being mad. And it's like, I wish that we could have more moments like that so we can actually like like who are you? Yeah. You know, like what are I'm you not really? I'm sure Tamlin thinking?
2: knows who he is. He I never, would agree with I've that. I never wanted to be problem. High Lord. He never hated the humans, but he also at the time didn't really hate his family either. Yeah. Like he starts yeah. to, right? Like he has always kind of been under someone's thumb, right? So when his his dad is dead, then he's under Amarantha's thumb, and then he's under yeah, Hibern's thumb. And he gets he he doesn't have a strong enough personality to not continuously be manipulated by someone. Mm-hmm. So he's never found his own
0: way. Yeah. yeah and so maybe true.
2: maybe he'll get there.
0: Yeah, and in Silver, Silver Flames, he doesn't have Lucian anymore to kind of, like, help that. Right, right. Right? I mean, because Lucian's also Lucian got sick of his shit,
2: yeah. <laughs> right? Do you, there's only so yeah. long you can treat well, people like his that. his
0: mate over, over Tamar. Tam- Tam- Tam-
2: well, yeah, but I think he he left just with like Feyre like that, yeah. anyway, though. I was going to say,
1: that wasn't a hard decision. I right, don't think but more him, he no.
2: didn't realize Elaine was his mate when he left with Feyre, did, yeah, he? He, did. Yeah. Oh, he? Yeah, he did. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. But, I mean, I don't know. It It just... I do feel like if, because Lucian knew that Elaine was not interested. Well, yes. So (laughs) (laughs) it could have been an easier decision to stay with Tamlin. And I think he was just fed up. He had put up with Tamlin's shit through this whole, like, well, I'll just sit back and hope these 50 years work out. He watched him not do anything under the mountain. And then he watched him. I mean, I, I do feel like at a certain point, Lucian does finally feel bad for letting Tamlin Lock Feyre. Up. Oh yeah, he does I realize what so. he's done. Yes, right. He um, watches.
0: He sits back and watches Tamlin break Feyre. Right, and then definitely like regrets it and feels right. bad about it. Yeah. yeah, but that moment with Tamlin saying like, "Do you think she'll ever forgive me?" That to me suggests some self reflection, some self awareness of I was a total fuck up, right? I think I've said the F word like three times in this Oh my
2: gosh, Whitney. We're rubbing gonna blame. I'm
0: going to blame the, what is it, the Lille Blanc? Yeah, you're (laughs) you're half a glass of wine. Yeah, my half glass of wine. (laughs) No, but like, you know, just the fact that Tamlin is thinking, do you think she'll ever forgive me? Like, I feel like that suggests that he realizes how badly he messed up. Yes, like how bad, you know, will she ever forgive me, you know? And definitely here under the mountain, he is not there at all. Like he, he is not recognizing that anything he's done is wrong, and anything that he's gonna do in the near future is wrong. Right.
2: But, he th- he stands by his decisions in yeah. this moment, and you know over and the later. next <laughs> year, right? And he's like, yeah, Until I did book
0: the right four or three point five, however you want to count the number. Um, point
2: but, zero.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I didn't really have anything else that I had written down.
2: No, I don't either. I want to hear about your all's nerdiest things.
0: Mm, I think I have several nerdiest things. One One of them is definitely the fact that I read A Court of Frost and Starlight the week before Christmas the week before winter solstice <laughs> like it is in the book i love that though <laughs> i i really enjoyed it um one also is that i ordered a star like tiara off of amazon <laughs> for winter solstice
2: and then you didn't get to wear it we I all know. went out to dinner because and... my
0: kid got sick i know kids, man yeah <laughs> what a they're the deal. worst um just i kidding. did Our wear it break. i did wear it like around the house though and my family made fun of me just the tiara just the t- <laughs> <laughs> just the tiara yeah <laughs> Robbie loved it. <laughs> no. Um, everybody thought it was super weird in my house. And I was like, don't ask questions. It's fine. Um, I also have been really nerding out to Taylor Ashe, who is a composer. She has written a couple of different new songs that have come out to kind of go along with the Court of Thorns and Roses. She wrote a song called uh, May*, which is awesome. Um, you can hear like, I can envision it in my mind, right? Like they were going out to the the celebration and hearing the drums and then when when re shows up like you can hear it in the music it's really cool and then she also wrote one called um mm, i can't remember exactly but it's basically like the wolf in the woods from the very beginning of the story and that was really I'm cool. i'm still too. waiting for
1: summer solstice with
0: the fiddle oh
1: my gosh <laughs> i
2: did have um i have a friend listening to the podcast and she did message me this week and went I just realized how not cool fiddles are. Right? (laughs) Vindication for me. I was like, well, yeah, that's why we talk about it over and over (laughs) again.
0: Oh, my gosh. Quick sidebar. So my um, brother, I met his girlfriend for the first time. They've been together for a while, Mm -hmm. but they live, like, far away. And... (laughs) We were talking about the podcast and my dad was like, what are you guys talking about? And I was like, well, I went on a big rant about how I think the fiddle is super embarrassing. You know, I went on and on like for several (laughs) minutes about this episode and Tamlin and the fiddle, whatever. And so then my husband asks my brother's girlfriend, like, what are your hobbies? I shit you not. She was like, I play the (laughs) violin.
2: Now, I will say, the violin is not the same as the fiddle. No, True. and I was, I was like, I actually think the violin is very impressive. <laughs> the violin, the violin is beautiful. The fiddle reminds me of the banjo of the violin. Like, yes. it's, not, no, yeah, it's exactly. not the same. I agree yeah. with right. that,
0: but I, I wanted to die. I wanted to <laughs> die because i'm like i've just met this girl and i'm like the phil is stupid <laughs> <laughs> well uh, at
2: some point she could have been like well what do you think of the violin i know and then you could have redeemed yourself and said she was like i'm never talking to this bitch again. <laughs> <laughs> <How are you? laughs> we hope you uh, listen and we hope that you like whitney she's really great we promise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was really cool you're too. like so thoughtful that's the thing <laughs> like you're one of the most thoughtful people i know so
0: but- Those are one of my nerdiest things is going to be your nerdiest thing, too. Do you you want to talk about about it it
2: first? Oh, no, you go ahead. Okay, so um, if you follow us on Instagram and if you're not, you should. You're missing out tremendously if you're not our nerdiest thing on Instagram. Whitney and I and unfortunately, well, not unfortunately for Mindy. Mindy was on a vacation with her husband, which um, was really, really fun. Yeah, part
0: of it. Um, I'll allow
2: it. Right. So. Luckily for Whitney and I, um, the author Scarlett St. Clair was just about an hour from us doing a book signing and a QA. And so we went and um, it was really awesome. She is just hilarious. She and was really funny. she just released The Queen of Myth and Monsters, which is the sequel to A King of Battle and Blood, which I got super obsessed with at the end of this year. And she was just really great and Whitney actually asked her what her nerdiest thing was which I thought was really great there is um, a an infographic on our Instagram page of that Q&A and she was just so lovely I can't wait to meet her again she at some really point cool. yeah yeah so that I, was that was my big nerdiest thing of the week
0: I did tell her um, in line to get our books oh god please tell I was story. like, if you want to start a sign up for like your sex scenes for people to try them out and make sure they're and make sure they work <laughs> yeah like, I would do that.
2: (laughs) This was... So Whitney is mortified that she said the F word three times, but not mortified that she asked an author to send her her sex scenes so she, so could, she could try, try out.
0: them out. I told Robbie that I said that, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, Whitney, please don't tell people that." So I won't tell anybody but our listeners.
2: Yeah, only you know the thousands of people that listen to us. So on that thought, um, I you know we have started doing advanced reader copies, which are called arcs for authors, and um, Whitney has set up. We have an interview coming up with with Elle Mitchell soon, which we're really, really excited about. Thank you for setting that up, Whitney. But one of my nerdiest things is I kind of went on a book buying binge this week. So the two things happened. The day after Christmas, Barnes & Noble had their hardcovers for 50% off, and then they had some paperbacks for 50% off, but it was ones, honestly, I already owned. And so I did get – I spent – $130 $130 at Barnes and Noble, just on myself. My daughter had allowance. She spent $80 at Barnes and Noble that day. Well, then fast forward to two nights ago, half price books, which if you don't have that, it's literally what it sounds like. It's a used bookstore. They were doing a sale where it was like, get 25% off if you spend $50. And then it was like, get 50% off if you spend hundred and. or yeah, $170 or whatever. No, $150, you get 50% off. And so I was like, well, we would never do that. Right. And so we're about to check (laughs) out. Famous last words. Yeah. We're about to check out. And my husband looks at me and he goes, well, what's our total? And I was like, oh, it's $56. And he goes, go grab a hundred more dollars worth of books. (laughs) God. So we got one hundred and eighty dollars worth of books for seventy five dollars. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I was so excited. I picked up a book twice <laughs> in my cart and accidentally bought two books I already had. So I got to take them back. <laughs> But I have been like on this book high this week, but my TBR is so long. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And I'm, I'm super duper obsessed with Savage Lands right now. And I don't want to read anything else. But I had to stop and read our book club book for this week, which is The Maid. Um, and I'm like, okay, go ahead and let's figure out who killed this person because I need to get back to my other <laughs> series, which is not a book I bought this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a good a good reader's week.
1: What about you, men? So um, my nerdiest thing well I got a couple actually, so I sent a picture to Deb and Whitney on Christmas morning of like literally my entire Christmas was books or bookish things, or it was well, I didn't send you all the other things. The other things I got were all like. St. Louis Blues related. Whitney
0: Whitney got a back scratcher that definitely looked like a two-way sex toy. Out of context, it does not look like she
2: she sent us a picture of it on her sheets on top of that back scratcher. scratcher. (laughs)
1: It is not I mean it's scratching something. It ain't your back. But I was just so happy with all my bookish things. I got it I finally got a Kindle cover. I know that sounds so nerdy, but like I really like I travel with my Kindle all the time and it's getting, it's got a couple of scratches and, um, I just, and it's, it's got cats on it. It's so cute. But anyway, so that was kind of nerdy that I even just said that about cats. But, um, the other big nerdy thing is, is that yes, I went on a vacation with my husband. We left the day after Christmas and we, it was no kids, just me and him. We went to Pigeon Forge and got this really, really cute little cabin with a hot tub and, Um, Just spent some time just with each other because he's been working really hard lately and um, I've been struggling with some like mental health things and it's just felt like we were a little disconnected. So it was lovely just to spend some time together and a couple nerdy things happened one of which is his, we actually drove to North Carolina and met his friend that he's never met before, but he met online playing Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was fun. And he, it, they were lovely. It was a lovely couple. And, um, and so that was fun, but like I got to nerd out with my husband with that.
0: I didn't know he played
1: Fortnite. That's
0: funny. Well, he's
1: he's now he's into Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> but well, is there like course. a Ghostbusters yeah. RPG game?
1: Yeah, fun. It, it actually is really cool. You can either be the ghost or the Ghostbuster. I would oh, be the ghost. I would yeah, be the Darren ghost. loves yeah. being the ghost. <laughs> but um, so and I'm exposing how nerdy my husband is now. Um, <laughs> but the best part about it was is we are obviously. I've talked about this before. We're roller coaster fanatics. And so we actually spent two days at Dollywood while we were there, which is a lovely park um, and, and really good for everybody, the whole family. I and mean, you think about it being like a family park, but yeah. it has some really good thrill rides. Um, but the big nerdy thing about that is, is that I am on I belong to a website called Coaster Count. And I'm counting all the coasters that I'm riding. And <laughs> <laughs> so, Because like, I'm, I'm a collector. So, like, I like checking things off and, like, collecting. So, this is my, like, collection of roller coasters. I've only gotten 45, which I think I've done more. But, like, since I started doing this, it's been 45. A- and we've ridden, there are four wing coasters in America. This is a certain type. of What's a wing coaster? A certain type of coaster where, basically, the track's in the middle. And then there are two seats on either oh, side. Oh, like the one at Holiday World. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So there are only four, including the one at Hollywood uh, at Holiday World in America, and we've now ridden three. Ooh. Think which one really, are you missing? We're missing. I think it's at uh, Six Flags Great America. I can't remember what it's called, but we've ridden the one at Holiday World, which is. It's called Deborah will never fucking do that. <laughs> You've not ridden Thunderbird, then I guess. No. Yeah, yeah, she, I don't want to dangle like real... while I go upside down. <laughs> it's so fun. And that's what she <laughs> that's said. What she said. <laughs> I enjoy dangling while going upside down. <laughs> I know. So anyway, we, we thought we were super cool because we've
0: ridden seventy five percent
1: of the, the yes. wing coasters in America. That is awesome. It, it is fun. We had a we had a really really good time. It was fantastic. So I highly recommend.
0: You basically have Goodreads for coasters. Like I you, do. You track yes.
1: Exactly. So exactly. More people just use Goodreads.
2: Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I did forget to talk about our nerdiest cocktail. I I was going to remind you. Yeah, thank you. Because I'm sitting here (laughs) refilling my glass. We made a cocktail called the Bloody Claire. Sorry, Claire, better. (laughs) Um, Too soon. (laughs) But it's essentially a michelada if you've ever had one, which is a um, Bloody Maria. It's like a Bloody Mary with beer in it. Um, And so I'll post the episode on our Instagram. It's always the day before or two days before our episode goes live. I can't remember. But um, it's really, really yummy. And Whitney didn't love it. And so she's drinking wine. Mindy's only had one, and I've just been refilling my glass the whole time. (laughs) It just gave me indigestion. Yeah, it's spicy. Whitney didn't
1: like the spice. I liked the spice, but I'm not a huge Bloody Mary fan. Yeah,
0: that's okay. I'll drink this tomorrow. (laughs) Um, well, that's it for this episode. And for those of you that listen all the way to the end, you get some special exclusive information. Um, we have decided for season two, because we only have four episodes left of season one. That's crazy. For A Court of Thorns and Roses, which is crazy. It feels like it's gone by really fast. For season two, we are going to be reading through From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. One so of my, my favorite series of all time. I think it's all three of ours. Yeah. 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 One of our favorite yeah. series of all time um, but for next week we will still be in Akatar with chapters 36 37 and 38 see you next time bye, bye. bye.
2: for exclusive content to keep up with all things nerdy follow us on instagram at our nerdiest thing we post book reviews what to read next and our cocktail recipes have something nerdy that you'd like to share email us at our nerdiest at gmail.com this podcast is edited and produced by The Story Guides. Thanks for listening.